Dunkin' Refreshers are the perfect way to get a little more out of your day. With more tropical flavors like new mango pineapple and more ways to get glowing. Available with green tea, coconut milk, or lemonade. You've got what you need to make the most out of every moment. Even the ones spent stuck in traffic. <sighs> what a beautiful day. Sip into all your favorite Dunkin' Refreshers like new mango pineapple. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Additional charges may apply. Hello there, listeners. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. I am. Uh, wow, my music did not want to obey me there for a second. The the Keys bartender music. How are you today? I'm doing great. I had my first uh, foray to the gym. Uh, you know working out with a mask on I work at a uh, I work out at a gym that I work part-time it's in a hospital and it's open to the public and uh, they instituted all mask on it and it's important because it's a hospital you know a hospital has to adhere to the most strict uh, measures of uh, I guess um, hygiene when it comes in if uh, pandemic hygiene. I know there's uh, some of you listeners that poo-poo that idea and think that's all that, but we're not talking about that today. Uh, You know what, though? I was able to run for like 15, 20 minutes with a mask on. I was able to row for like five minutes and lift weights for about 25, 30 minutes. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, I worked out right up till like a couple days before. So it's been a couple days before my surgery. So it's been about three weeks. And shit, does a 57-year-old body start falling back into sedentary life? You know what I mean? It's just like a couch potato. But it really is, it really changes my attitude when I do that. Man, I, I just... I got to spend like an hour to an hour and a half doing it. It's not wasted time for me. For me. I'm not selling working out to all you guys. Because the Keys Bartender Show is not the Keys Workout Show. But uh, I, I tell, uh, that, that's one of the things I like. I, I mean, actually, I, I could probably go. I think uh, what I'm doing is with the workout. Today I did a light workout. You know, went light on my weights. Um only did two sets of each of uh, the exercises I normally do. <clears throat> and then, um, you know, about a, a half to a third of my uh, cardio workout. You know, normally I do it like an hour. But uh, <clears throat> I, I feel it. I feel it today. I don't want to, you know, what the thing is about going to the gym, if you have the energy and when you get older, you might feel that as if you can keep on going. I could have went. For a little while longer, but I want to ease myself into it. So if I go tomorrow or the next day, uh, probably probably Saturday tomorrow, I got to help put in a new air conditioning unit, and uh, we have the AC guy coming in tomorrow, so I want to be home for that. And it's perfect time down here in the Keys to put an AC in because it's right now it's around sixty three degrees, so not having an AC is not a big deal. Matter of fact, we don't need heat either right now. Maybe next week it's going to drop maybe into the upper 40s. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, we're not worried about that. We still want people to come down here. We've been having uh, a decent amount of early, uh, when I say early, because our busy season, uh, I missed the Christmas week rush, and I heard it wasn't much of one. But imagine as more and more people are feeling more comfortable with the vaccine and, and all this stuff, then... Uh, they may be making their way out and hopefully um, our traditional busy season is right around Valentine's Day going to uh, Easter Mother's Day it's really Mother's Day's traditionally the end of it because people in the rest of the country you're starting to get beautiful weather Uh, people don't um, need to escape and if they're escaping right now it sucks sometimes because it's only like 10 10 12 degrees warmer than 
where they're coming from, which I think it's easier to wear a sweater when you're up north when it's 53 degrees than to do that when you're down here at 63 degrees. It's like not, I, I guess it's kind of comfortable for me. I, I go to work. When I go to work, I, I kind of resist the urge when I'm bartending. When it gets, you know, drops in the 50s at night, I want to put on a long sleeve tee, maybe long pants. And I got to resist the urge. The shorts are the way to go. And a short sleeve shirt. Because no matter what the temperature is, it's always warm for me. I was, uh, it was maybe seven degrees last night. And uh, I was sweating. Yep. It's just funny. You could put, um, the, the heat, uh, I guess I'm acclimated, but I'm getting used to it. Once I work out and stuff like that, my, my blood's pumping and I'm ready to go. But it gives me a little more energy. I'm ready. I'm almost healed up completely from that. I am healed up completely. There's nothing that I have to do other than maybe show up, I think, in a, in a couple weeks for a, another um, uh, look-see by my uh, surgeon. So yesterday was the second day back at work. And we were, someone dropped an interesting theory up there. They were, they were giving, they had been drinking for maybe an hour or two before I got there. I got in at four. They must have got there around two. <clears throat> and they were leaving around, I think it was 630. They walk, they live in a the neighborhood. They, they walk home. So it's, you know, only a a block and a half away and he's a young fellow he's he's uh on um, what well, whatever he he was giving advice financial advice now i love the financial advice you get late in the drinking stages like getting advice um, from people that aren't technically financial advisors and then on top of it, they are lit. They're fucking lit. And they start giving advice. And and it, on the surface, it seems as if the advice is really good. He was talking and we were watching, you know, we don't put the news on with all the recent events and stuff like that. It was yesterday was the uh, second impeachment, uh, impeachment of the Oompa Loompa guy. And um, we're watching ESPN and they were talking about contracts and stuff like that. And uh, he goes, well, I don't understand it. He's getting $40 million a year. He gets that first year of $40 million, He should just retire. You know, I, I don't think he really I'll, – I'll talk about his advice after that. And we were talking about the stages of advice, and he said he knew someone who went to college, and he, his first year he got drafted. He got he offered $4 million. And I think he may have mentioned the guy retired after that first year, in which, um, you know – they're going through all that trouble to secure a four million dollar contract and just to walk away unless you you know unless you have some health concerns who knows <clears throat> so th- this uh person which just made me uh feel bad and we'll talk about this a little later but um he said the guy with he's the person either and remember this is a couple hours later and um, a couple hours after they've been drinking, he suggests $4 million. He goes, if I had gotten $4 million, I would have retired right then and would have opened up a whorehouse. Yes, he said whorehouse. And uh, I don't think that's a proper, I wouldn't call it a whorehouse. I call it bordello or, um, I don't know what the technical term, but I don't like the term whorehouse because it denigrates sex workers. And uh, we, you know, we, we have one of our, well, one of our recent interviews and we're going to have a future. We don't revert to that. But he said that and I just said, wow, that's an interesting thing. And he's there with his wife. And I go, wow, I don't know. I go, how do you feel about that? And she goes, oh, he's just talking. He's just drawing away. So he goes, yeah. And I go, hmm, okay. I said, you know, there's a whole bunch of extra costs that go into that. And I said, if you opened up a bordello, then you'd have to get liability insurance probably. 
if you're advertising first of all it, you have to open it in a place that it's legal otherwise your whole fortune is in jeopardy so you could get in, in the number of fines and everything you get you could quickly wipe wipe out four million dollars and <clears throat> i guess if you were going to with four million dollars do it you'd have to outfit a location and you'd have to get a business license right in a place where it's legal because if he opened up an illegal one then that point's moot so we're just assuming that let's say um in in nevada and maybe some indian territory i don't know why the indian territories you can't do that have i'm not suggesting that native americans uh would be interested in that but you know they do casinos and stuff like that they have their extra ter uh, territorial rights so um, they'd have to get their business license uh, there's probably some health registrations and certain things you have to I, I, I don't know what it's like right now if with COVID restrictions what uh, you know if, if those if Bordellos or bunny ranches or anything like that are still open to go. I know the massage parlors are still open, and you know my feeling about massage parlor. I don't have a, I, I don't I don't have a problem with it. I just think it when it, you outlaw acts that sex workers engage in, you're pretty much penalizing the person, and it drives it underground, and it creates. An atmosphere where uh, an environment where you can have that illicit economy develop and that's when you get human um, when you get um, human trafficking sex trafficking from other countries and things like that where people get their passports taken away from them <clears throat> if they are brought in the country legally I mean if they're, they're brought in with their passport and they're, they're working and for you know forced into uh, prostitution in some of these places and wouldn't it be better if uh, they legalize it so they can tax it and regulate it? You got to regulate it because there's nothing like getting a nasty STD, right? You don't want that to be going around. And yeah, okay, I understand there's people that have a problem with the, that stuff, but it would alleviate it would probably alleviate a lot of tension in society and where someone, I'm not talking about people that are in committed relationships, but let's say someone isn't and they just has to, you know, bust a nut. And there are people that need to earn some money. Now you take away the stigma of the illicitness of it, the unlawfulness of it. It makes it less, what would you call it? It turns that person into less of a pariah, right? Because look at the, look at someone. If someone's working in an adult entertainment complex, they're an exotic dancer. You know, people that sometimes people say, "Yeah, I work in the adult adult entertainment industry," and what do you do? I'm an exotic dancer, or I'm an an actor, or an actress, or something like that. No, they may. They may be able to move around in circles. And certainly, uh, Stormy Daniels knows how to get close to uh, people in high places. So, but you take away that stigma, and then there you go. I mean, you pretty much, whether it's cheating at going to a massage parlor, it wouldn't be called a massage parlor anymore, I guess, if it was legal. A legal bordello. I think a bordello would probably, or a conjugal, we could call it like a conjugal mart or you know kind of like just go in and you you know maybe you'd have to have your health uh you know you have with your recent test and the person that's offering the service has you know is regularly tested and that's what normally they do where it's legal and uh, you do that so i I'm, I'm i drifted off you know because this is a big big subject but that advice given to the person is $4 million and then open up a bordello. So you make a smart decision and following up with, I do not think it's a smart decision. 
right? And I know it was done in, in jest and, and things like that. And I understand what he was talking about. We were talking about how much damage these guys put there, uh, and, and women in certain sports like MMA and all that stuff, how much damage they do to themselves. They make money and then eventually hope that when they retire that they're able to enjoy it. Look at all the NFL players, right? How you put yourself in the in, in shoes of a Jim McMahon or even a uh, a John Elway. Uh, John Elway has a lot of uh, uh, I don't even say have to say it's hindrances, debilitations, uh, damage, a lot of damage. I mean, Jim McMahon, he's he's rattled all up. I mean, he's still alive, but he he is. Uh, He's got this, I think he, he might have CTE and stuff like that. And I understand the feeling of, you know, make the money and go. But once you start, just imagine once you start doing something like that, you start, I mean, becoming a pro athlete, receiving, getting paid, and getting your first check. If you had a $4 million contract, and maybe you could be a million dollars. Imagine what you do there. Now, I'm sure there are some people that decided to say, I'm going to make the maximum contribution each year to my IRA. And then I'm going to, you know, set up a Roth IRA. And I'm going to do that. And I'm going to put, you know, I'm going to live off, I'm going to live off like one-sixth or about one-sixth of what I got from this first check. And the rest is going, going away. I'm going to set up these whole life policy, do all this stuff, insure myself, uh, invest in some, you know, just do all these things. Invest in my future while you're, you know, just doing it. But what, but so for the lion's share of people, it's, you know, purchase, you have to, it's very hard not to purchase the really nice blamed out, Lincoln uh, Navigator or or Maserati or whatever car you want and stuff like that and get the beautiful uh, penthouse condominium or mansion, McMansion someplace. And then you're throwing parties, throwing money around, showing people how much you don't care about it. You go, you're playing your games and you go out on the weekends and you got, you got to impress people. You have a little entourage. Yeah, I've seen the TV show ballers. Yeah, they just piss it away. And then you have the people that are advising you around you. You got the hangers on. And I guess the classic, classic hanger on or manager was Don King. And I don't want it to turn into a racist thing because there's plenty of bad financial advisors and people that rip you off. There's Bernie Madoff, right? And I'm sure there's a bunch of Irish Catholic ones that were involved. They were bad, uh, bad financial advisors that squander or even steal the income. You know, Don King was uh, enriching himself while you know sucking his, his fighters dry, and there was uh, some suggestion that a lot of the fights Don King was involved in were not, not clean. I mean, Mike Tyson made over what a hundred million dollars. <coughs> And uh, was bankrupt, became bankrupt. A lot of football players are that way. And and, uh, a lot of people that come into money quickly have little idea on how to really protect it. And when you're looking at it from that point of view, let's say the NFL, and you get six million dollars this year and you got another promise six million dollars maybe a bonus the next year it's easy to think well i could spend this money and next year i'll get the same but you what if i get hurt what if i blow out my knee have a you know spinal injury a concussion then that's it our earning potential's down you know very much down you know you not everyone's a Steve Young or a Terry Bradshaw when Terry Bradshaw, you know, is a color commentator, even an actor, right? I don't know what he gets from Fox. He made me, me get another million a year. And Bradshaw gets all these endorsements and stuff like that because part of it is still keeping his legacy alive, you know? And uh, 
or Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady's been in the NFL for almost, it'll be uh, 18 years, 17 years. All the money he must have and his wife, the supermodel. So, yeah, they're they're on the other end. I'm sure, uh, I'm not sure, uh, but you know, I'm sure he play, spends a healthy amount of his income on clothes, vehicles, housing. But he has, uh, you know, his 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 wife is also uh, contributing. I mean, he could retire at any day, and he goes on and on because he's. I hate to say it. One time you hear it, he's a great player. So, but the, the financial advice you get from people like that, first of all, you got to, um, uh, the, the, the drunk guy, I hear him say maybe that drunk guy, the guy that's been imbibing who advises his friend is to take the $4 million invested in a whorehouse. That may be tons better advice than what a sober Don King or Bertie Madoff say, listen, yeah, give me 20 million of your dollars, you know, and you take some of that 20 million and pay uh, off some of the people at the, the top of the pyramid scheme that he was running. I'm talking Bertie Madoff, Don King si- siphoning off the money there and setting up fights and, you know, you know, tra- you know ensuring that someone's going to win, someone's going to lose, whatever. And he's making money, probably making money all different types of way. So that person at the bar that's offering the advice, the bad advice about opening a bordello with that, that may be world's better advice than some of these financial advisors offer. You know? And if you have an agent or anybody like that, they're not going to want to hear. That's the last thing to say when you go say, well, what's your plan for the future? Well, I'm going to, you know, you got me $40 million this year. Thank you. Um, I'm done then. I'm just going to take it. And the agent goes, I worked this hard to get this, you know, and uh, I, I worked, you know, I, I worked uh, the, uh, your contract. Though the second year I get, you know, I showed you in the first one I was going to get and my second year was going to get this. And then you decide not to, uh, you don't want to do it anymore while you're at the peak of your health. Yeah, they're not, they're not going to like that either. That's how they earn their money. I mean, there's a certain way you could probably spin it as an agent. Say, listen, I'm looking out for my guys. I suggest that, you know, do it with Jerry McGuire. And tell them, say, hey, listen, they're going to want you to leave on a high note. You got your money. You're set up. You're going to invest it wisely, and you're ready to go. Well, you know, sometimes a bad idea isn't that bad idea in retrospect. Though, instead of opening up a bordello, maybe you should open up a one of those uh, raceway, not raceway. What is the uh, one with the uh, the burger? I don't know, man. Just get a couple franchises, uh, you know, fast food franchises, put them in the proper places. Invest in a Wawa if you're allowed to. I don't. I think there are all a Wawa is a convenience store. I talked about it before in a previous episode, uh, but that's you know that. Invest in something that's somewhat legal. Make sure that you don't have any too much, too many encumbrances, and live off the income there. That's that's my advice. I didn't live by that advice. I didn't invest wisely. I'm more of the uh, was it the cricket that didn't do anything, and the ant was putting all this shit away, saving up for a winter, and the cricket, you know, just chirping away, not doing shit. Well, I'm more of the chirping, but I kind of take care of myself. I'm not partying. So instead of just financial advice, what else do we have? Well, last night I had uh, a uh, lovely young uh, worker in the industry named Grace. She's uh, she moved into the area recently, and she has a rather. Um, I hope I was allowed to say her name, but what she did, she moved from another part of Florida and decided at the time it was a good time to change um, venues, and she came down here and we had a discussion about art and the things we like to do on the side. She, she's an artist and I was suggesting that she you know, she this is a good place for you if you're going to be a painter. She works in acrylics. This is a good place to do it. There's a lot of, a lot of arts down here. 
a lot of people again come into mind of like when they're down here they'll purchase that type of art you know if you're down here in the Florida Keys it pays for you to probably paint landscapes you know palm trees water uh, the coral reef fish iguanas things like that kitschy things about it you know but things that speak the Florida Keys you know you don't want to do any snowscapes or, or, or mountaintops and stuff like that it's just not one of the places that would be interesting though if you did that if you could do that without necessarily you know do it from a picture I don't know how I, I am not the artist a visual artist I, w- I would love to have been that. It's just one of those things you either have a gift for or you don't. But as we were speaking, I mentioned what I do here with the podcast. And I said, you know what? I realize that I what I do is not necessarily the shining example of the best thing that could be produced. And he said, well, why do you do it? And I said, I really enjoy doing it. I look forward to it. And... And she goes, uh, well, what, what's stopping you from, and we, it was a deeper conversation, but she goes, what's stopping you from approaching sponsors? And I said, I was stopping approaching sponsors because I didn't think I was uh, good enough. You know? And she goes, well, you got to just go and do it. And I've been going and doing it for a while. And I told her, you know, four years, it's going on, four, it'll be four years in little, about three months, about exactly three months from today. I think it was April 14th of 2017, the year of Irma, when I first started the show. And I started doing it with a powered mic, doing it with a Chromebook, and that didn't quite work. And then I got my laptop and then the soundboard and, and this da-da-da-da, almost four years four years later 373 episodes uh we are what 372 episodes i gotta double check what episode it is but i've been doing it i've been cranking them out i mean i'm not cranking them out i try not to do it as a uh something just put it out there as if I was a careless abstract artist and just took a pile of my shit and threw it against the canvas, then probably would be, you'd have to put some lacquer over it or something like that because you wouldn't want to just have dried shit on a canvas. But and say, hey, this is my creation. What do you call it? I call it shit, and you'll buy it. Kind of like Banksy and all that stuff. But he does it, and people do their arts and they do those things and they do it. They they're not dissuaded by it. There was. Uh, I believe are wonderful stories of people that ignored the voice in in them and were able to perform and do those things. You hear there was cliches, dance as if nobody's watching. You know, not for affectation. Do it mindfully, but not anxiously. When I say mindfully, and when I'm talking, think about I have a point at the end of the day. My point is express my point of view and these are discussions we have at the bar and we were talking about it came out I was trying she was uh, talking about meditation and yoga and things like that and about a general spirituality on how to view life and I was trying to explain to her pan psychism I think yeah pan psychism And it's a general idea that every object in the universe is made up of atoms and stuff like that. And each object has, in some cases, a mind of its own. Even, you know, people think rabbits, dogs, cats, and stuff like that. And there's people that think, you know, once you're humans and uh, there's humans that believe that not all humans are conscious of their of their existence or you know they can they consider them lower order 
Same thing for, you know, some humans think that. And some humans think that same way about animals. And then you have the humans that believe you know, animals have it just as right of doing it. And well, what panpsychism is that we are all connected and we all have a consciousness. Everything has a consciousness, even a rock. There is a form of consciousness. There's rock, uh, rock meaning the silica, the atoms inside the rock, the carbon. Uh, that make it up the iron and all, everything like that that's it's live it's generating it's generating energy even though things look dead and not moving it is it is uh, ha- has some sort of consciousness some sort of consciousness it's a hard thing to do when you're going to think of a speck of dust has some sort of consciousness now people get kind of hung up and say dust doesn't think well maybe it takes a little more grouping or, or organization to create mindfulness or consciousness but in panpsychism it's everything is and it's all linked meaning that uh, and, and there's different beliefs in panpsychism there's a there, it goes from the Buddhist kind of thinking it's, it, it existed in ancient religions how it's almost like the the force if you think about it in, in Star Wars that we're all made from these atoms and sometimes those atoms that we have can be incorporated in someone else we breathe we, we have let's say the the pandemic right we have viruses there are viruses live and when you breathe out a living thing the virus and someone else breathes it in and they can propagate it. So there's a way, there's someone, some thing that existed in you now exists in them. The same thing goes for like saliva, uh, atmosphere molecules and things that come out. So people are incorporating them all, all the time to their body. And everything that exists today on the, on planet Earth, it's all generated from if you believe now, um, panpsychism, I understand if you're you're strict religious that you don't want to hear about panpsychism. I understand. So if you're you don't want to hear about, it, don't don't think about it. But at if you're a person that believes in the, in to the extent that the universe came about from a infant small point and through exponential expansion the big bang that happened in microseconds or nanoseconds and expanded into the universe from nothing no one knows the uh, right what the inciting event caused the big bang but they're pretty much saying that there was I know and people say well why don't you just believe my thing that God just thought it and it came out? Well, this is theirs. Okay, let's just take it as a theory then if you don't need it. But to exponential advantage, so everything was one in a point. A very tiny point. And then it became everything. And then when things called that, uh, cooled down, uh, the atoms organize themselves through the energy started coalescing. You have the formations of galaxies and suns and planets and heavy metals developed inside the hearts of suns. And we are the product of that thing. All the items that incorporate us and your dog and your cat and your plant and your chair and your all came from that were generated from the Big Bang. We were all together at one point. And then we were split and separated. And if you accept the, the Big Bang theory, the formation of the universe, a million light years across the universe in a different galaxy, there is there could be atoms that had existed within a second of the Big Bang. That was right now the atoms that are incorporated in your person 
but this one's over 200 million light years away. So we were having this discussion. I wasn't able to really express it. It's really hard to express panpsychism, but that establishing or accepting that everything may or may have a consciousness, every every form of energy to pr- produce is a part of consciousness, and that consciousness is only one thing, is one. There's only one consciousness. There's a universal consciousness, right? This is in one of the beliefs of panpsychism, and each individual is an expression of a part of it. Just like your fingernails and a certain expression of you, right? Let's say you have a fungus in your toenail. You cut it, it's left behind. And people can say, oh, I could tell by, you know, looking, examining this person's anemic and they have a fungus. Well, that's an expression of you. I'm not saying you're a fungus and all these things, but there you there you go. You're anemic and fine. It's a, the fingernails are an expression of you. Just when you expel all, you know, when you take a shit in the morning or piss, or anything, that's an expression of you. Something works so you transform liquid and fuel and your body and you, and it's another expression. And in panpsychism, it says you, if you're aware that you're the thing that makes you up, the atoms, in you that make things up, particles in you, or it also also exist in the sun and in stars and planets and all across the universe. And they could have been right next to each other, and they were right next to each other at one time. As that exponential expansion, and then on the outside, that it's just there. And people say, well, you don't know. Well, you don't not know there was an origin of everything and if you suggest the origin is because you would you you believe someone told you right but you don't you're not able to, to you can say your proof is written in this document it's been been translated so many times from ancient Hebrew to modern English and it's 100% correct and it was written well let's say some parts of it was written if the world is 6,000 years old, right? And some of it was written 1,000 BC. That's still, there's 3,000 years where nothing was written, right? So you're you're accepting the origin story. And you got, there's a whole bunch of different origin stories where you have Gilgamesh and all the things. And some of those stories is weird, kind of do mimic the Big Bang. And I wonder if the Big Bang is an expression that mirrors our religious philosophy. Who knows? But I had a lovely conversation with this Grace, and we were trying to, we were, and the, the nicest part of running into someone nice and realizing that they can be, you can be supportive of other people's endeavors. I, I don't, you do not have to be bad at podcasting for me to be good. The same thing goes when I was away for a couple of weeks. There were some of my coworkers who aren't normally bartenders, full-time bartending. And it takes a while in the beginning to really get your groove on with it, let's say. When you're bartending, you get a certain rhythm and, and everything works. You know your workspace. You know where the bottles are. You know where the beer is. And sometimes you got to say, hey, listen, if someone wants something odd and you got like 20 drinks to go out and if someone wants this one, one odd thing – you got to let that one odd thing wait. You don't make the 20 drinks wait for the one odd thing. And I don't mean to be judgmental calling it an odd thing. If we say we're going to make it, we're going to make it. But it may take a little while longer. So it's just, it's how you organize and prioritize. We at uh, the catch currently, we don't have a POS system. So I got to write things back. And my handwriting is atrocious. It's fucking atrocious. It looks like I did a posting on that. It was, uh, you know, the... The, a, a person leaving a note it was like a sober Steve leaving um, a note for drunk Steve saying hey and it's not Steve from Key Largo Comics but I just want to be true I posted on Key Largo uh, Key's Bartender 
it, it says please drink a, a, this bottle of water and uh, before you while you're eating the chicken wings tonight and then the note from drunk Steve was goes you can't tell me what to do you're not in charge of me and you know that's just the way it is and on a final note you know some things are funny in themselves but you also have to be cognizant that people are suffering and on one of the social media things I was watching someone had shared a YouTube video and it's I don't want to say it because well you're going to find it because I'm going to describe what happened it's called the drunkest man in the world tries to buy a six pack of beer and the poor fucker is in a convenience store it looks like and he takes a six pack out and then he kind of swings around with the door holding the door and he's swinging back and forth back and forth and he, he's just on camera caught on camera the the surveillance camera going back and forth has a hard time moving forward walks back walks sideways walk back shuts the door i think he's about to rip the door off but he doesn't have that strength so and he doesn't fall flat right away he's just not you know not doing well well the whole time and they're playing in the background they're playing my heart will go on by celine dion sung by originally by celine dion the the music the the theme music from titanic and but over on top of it um is some i'm assume it's a guy because only a guy has that kind of thing where you would but or maybe they just recorded it and brought it in but it's a recorder the instrument that you know middle school kids play it's kind of like a flute or clarinet thing i i guess a recorder is just because it's so inexpensive everyone can do it and it teaches you the fundamental on how to read music and notes and things like that so the person's doing a half-ass um my heart will go on as this poor bastard is going back and forth back and forth falling on the ground why and eventually gets up and walks around i don't even know if he i forget that he even has a six-pack and i'm ready to write something about it something like it's over 11 years old <clears throat> he's 11 years old and right before i write i said this poor guy was suffering it's one of the worst things i think i've been there a couple times like that and i don't know if i'd want to be portrayed as that and we get a lot of that down here in the keys where people get really fucked up and i had a guy come in yesterday and he had a big and i don't think this guy's going to listen to my podcast i didn't i i didn't really understand what he's saying he had a a big kind of fabric box cooler and it said uber eats on it and he had it over his shoulder and i said holy shit is this guy walking delivering uber eats i i didn't quite understand it but he has the uber eats thing and he has his credit card and i guess maybe oh my god wonder if that was his uber eats credit card where he pays for things and he came in and he started handing me the card before he ordered anything and i said listen you don't have to do that here and then he goes and he starts saying something and I told people before, if you're not necessarily an English speaker, I'm not going to automatically think you're drunk just because I don't understand you. And if someone comes in and says something and you're trying to speak English or speak Spanish, I'll just ask one of my coworkers who's that are fluent. I said, is this drunk in Spanish or sober Spanish? I've said that several times. Because this way, if in front of a person, they won't understand. I'll just say, just tell me, is it, this guy drunk or i'm just not hearing him correctly does he have a speech impediment because i don't want to oh god forbid a poor guy you're not speaking english out well and all of a sudden you have a speech impediment too man i don't want to do that but this guy was blitzed he was absolutely blitzed i don't know what he was on and i said hey man i'm not going to give you anything i'm not going to charge you anything i'm going to get you some water i i didn't even feel comfortable about giving this guy any food he was so intoxicated and I'm like, I can't. I said, listen, we'll get, you know, where are you going? What are you doing? And he, he, he insisted. I said, listen, I can't serve you. And you shouldn't leave. But he wasn't driving. He was walking with an Uber Eats bag because he came from the south and he since headed north. And he talked to someone else in the parking lot where he left. 
I mean, and it just kind of all this ha earlier today. And then some of the people at the bar said, you know, you were really nice to him. And I said, I had no option but to be nice to him. Because of several times in my life, I'm sure I was exactly like that guy in general intoxication. And and they said, well, that was nice what you did. I said, listen, I'm not I'm not on my bandwagon and stuff like that. If you get to a point like that when you're walking around with an Uber Eats cooler bag, handing your credit card to someone in order to try to get a drink. And then it took a couple of minutes for me to understand what he's saying, trying to say. You know, you could have had a bad day. I understand that. But if that's a regular thing, and that was a regular thing for me. And I couldn't look down on the guy like that. I couldn't. I couldn't make fun of him. I couldn't make fun of the guy with the video objectively the video was funny objectively the video was funny uh, but the my heart will go on with a recorder and the guy stumbling around and stuff like that yeah but could I share it no and what could I comment it no and I'm commenting on it now but I think uh when someone's in a really bad way, when you see like people that, that years ago uh, there was bum fights, the people pay bums to fight each other for twenty bucks or whatever. That's just mean spirited. It's on the level of torturing animals, when you you're torturing people, laughing at people for their hardships and stuff. Yes, yes, they may have made that decision. They made their own bed, right? But we don't have to laugh at them. And unless they're very vindictive, unless they're so narcissistic, that's the way you punish them, there may be a reason for it. But I don't, don't mistake, don't mistake someone's problems as a moral defect that they can't be empathized with. I didn't want to say pitied because pity is a horrible emotion too. And uh, we don't have to have that. You can have empathy and say, listen, but for the grace of God, or I did that before or things like that. And it makes us a better person. And that's where it comes to panpsychism and realize that we're all part. I mean, it works in it works in Christianity. It works in Buddhism and all this stuff. If 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 it's Christianity, you're all sons of and daughters of God, a loving God, right? I do, I'm not an expert in Buddhism, but I imagine that the commonality thing goes with that. Same thing as Hindu and the creation thing. There's other harsher religions where you know, well, there's only 144,000 of us that are in the top tier. Well, that's, you know, you're starting to be a little bit of an asshole then. The chosen. The rest of you aren't going, but we're going. Now, they give you a little in say, listen, unless you do exactly what I say. But <clears throat> I'm talking about the people that say everyone's worthy of, of empathy, redemption, and forgiveness. So uh, that's my word of the day. And I think it's a good time to do it considering what happened a week ago. That everyone is worth, worthy of that. And a lot of those people are troubled. I always believe that if you're susceptible to some harmful rhetoric and you feel that violence is a way of getting your ideas across and you think that other people, if you can just separate people and put them on a lower thing and say, well, they're not worthy of empathy for me or they're not worthy of uh, of being protected then then you know you should re-examine your thoughts everyone everyone can can be there's some horrible cases out there and stuff like that there's some horrible the most extreme cases where it may be hard to empathize or forgive someone but at least starting from a point where you can think that way that everyone can be does make your day a little lighter and it makes you feel better at the end of the day for whatever you can do to alleviate other people's suffering. Um, I know that's not much of a 
you know, it sounds like a, a spiritual thing and stuff, but that's, that's my belief. And that's what I try to espouse. I try to, and I have, since I have this voice here and I have it at my bar, I try to do it. I try to lead by example. I've been an asshole before. I'm going to be an asshole again, but at my best moments, I think I can be uh, a better per- person. I'd like to thank you for listening. Uh, and uh, please come back again. Please share us with your friends. I'd like to thank everyone that's listening all around the United States. I'd like to thank my local listeners in Key Largo, Tavernier, Key West, Marathon, Big Pine Key. Uh, come down here, spend some money, come and see me. Uh, my Miami people, South Florida people, thank you for listening. The people in the central part of the state, Atlanta, and the rest of the United States, Wisconsin, New York, Washington, Philadelphia, my hometown, Abington, all these places in there, Uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, um, uh, California, Canada, United Kingdom, India, uh, the Russian Federation. I know you guys may be going through a tough time. If you listen to this show, you're probably um, not a big believer in uh, the guys in charge in your country. Uh, I have empathy for you guys, I know it's hard because obviously you have to have slight, somewhat of an open mind to listen to this show, unless you're an American living over in Russia. Who knows? Um, I'd like to thank the people who are in Vietnam. It's a shame we don't have the listener in Iran anymore. I'm going to make a push for Iran. If we can get maybe that idea that we all share something could spread. So, uh, I may put a little couple hashtags for Iran. Just, it's not because I support the foreign policies of these governments and their policies to their citizens. I post it for their citizens so they can get an idea. It says, hey, this is what some Americans are like. You know, they're not all one way. And I'm, I'm sure they're the same way. And luckily we're in a, even today, we're in a place in the United States where you can say things. I'm not saying you can say things in sight violence. You should never say things in sight violence. You know? I mean, it's probably a, a rare circumstance, but there's, you know, inciting violence is not the way to go, especially with this thing. If things are so bad, you don't need a podcast for that. You know, if things are so bad, they was doing, and they're not that bad. And hopefully, I don't, I don't think anybody that's planning on doing anything in the next week. If you're planning on being hurting someone, think, think of your better nature. Think of you when you were in your best place in life, the kindest part in life where you got along with the most people, not with people that are spewing. I know I have a crazy the panpsychism, but how hard is that to have? Say you share a consciousness with other things. How bad is that? How bad is that? It's not that bad. So if you get a chance, share this uh, episode with your friends. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Write a review if you like. And if you have any questions or like to talk about anything, send me an email at jim at keysbartender.com. Especially if you're from another another part of the world. Love to hear from you. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Here we go out with our music. <laughs>